Thank you for joining us at uh, Beerfish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Enjoy the episode, guys. This episode is brought to you by Kelowna Brewing Company. If you live in Eastern Iowa, make sure to swing by Kelowna Brewing Company's tap room. Amazing food and amazing craft beer. If you live in Central Iowa or in the Midwest, swing by your local supermarket and see if they carry the Kelowna Brewing Company line of beer. And also swing by your local restaurants, local bars, see if they have Kelowna Brewing Companies on tap. If not, make sure you guys request it. You, I kid you not, you won't regret that. Other than that, enjoy this episode, guys. Thanks for the tip, by the way, Tyler, uh, on that that local pond. Uh, I caught fish. My kids did, but <laughs> I took them out. Not, not ice fishing uh, during the open water season. So uh, I, I caught fish, but it was like it was kind of cool. So. <laughs> good good deal there we go all right everybody welcome to another episode of beer fish fanatics this is grandy with my pop fishing we have kit with the fishing kit youtube channel and today we are joined again by mr tyler stubbs of the iowa dnr uh we asked him back because there's there's a few questions that you know i had on my mind been wanting to ask iowa dnr we haven't had you guys back on for uh quite some time so figured we we get you guys back on thanks tyler absolutely happy to be here there we go and and tyler you're the uh communities fisheries biologist right yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I know. Uh, some of these towns don't like being called urban and whatnot. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's uh, there's definitely a mix of urban and suburbia and, and non-urban. So, community fits the whole thing. There you go. Nice. Quick shout out to our sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. I'm I'm drinking something new today. I haven't had this one yet. Uh, my wife saw it and she was about to drink it, but I said stop. Because I, I wanted to try it out. It's the Coconut Abbey Belgian style ale. I don't think I've ever had that yet. Have you had that kit? Um, I thought it was going to be like this. Oh. I thought it was going to be like this one. But then look at the alcohol on there. It's uh, so they can't. Holy shit. It's 9.2. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess I'll, 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 I'm drinking for for two people here. I'll, I'll drink for Tyler in this one. All right. Oh, my God. What do you got, kit? I got the Aloha Isle, same beer I had from last time. It's um pineapple Belgian style ale. Uh, yeah, I thought I was gonna grab one of those. And I was like, wait a minute, this ain't the same. But yeah. then the alcohol, I was like, nah, not tonight. <laughs> so you can see that kit was a smart one. I was obviously just grabbed it, and I'm like, mm, coconut. That sounds interesting. So, <laughs> all right, cheers, guys. All right. I was hoping to have like a huge coconut taste to it. It doesn't, by the way. It's actually, it almost tastes like a blonde ale. I don't know. Yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of a blonde ale on that. So not bad though. It's Belgian style. Oh, there it is. The uh, aftertaste. I can taste it now. <laughs> it showed up. <laughs> it showed up. The coconut shows up at the at the end. I can I it's a hint of it. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Um but yeah, uh, I just wanted to, to get Tyler back on and really 
just see how everything is going on with the, you know, the project and everything that I know that you're, you're, you work on and everything. So um, if you don't mind, get, in case people, you know, who haven't listened to previous episode with you on, can you kind of just uh, briefly just describe what you do uh, for the Iowa DNR really quick and, and how your project is coming along? Yeah, so as a state's community fishing biologist, I work with uh, communities across the state. It's, it was meant to focus on our urban areas, our larger urban areas. So, you know, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Davenport, and then the suburbs around those. But the last couple of years, I've heard a lot, I've worked quite a bit more with some of the smaller communities in the state too. Um, and the whole point of it is that those are where our people are. And so the majority of our license holders, which I know Jeff's been on here and talked about this too, is, is that's how, you know, us in fisheries and, and wildlife and law enforcement, uh, that's how those three groups are funded. And so license dollars are, are important. And when the majority of your people live in these, you know, five or six blocks of, of the state, uh, that's just a place we hadn't really focused on in the past. And so trying to create fisheries close to where people live easily accessible, that have amenities. Uh, and so my job is to work with the cities uh, on, especially stormwater retention ponds is a big portion of my job. And that's what a lot of these urban ponds are, is working with the communities to make sure that they're built in a way that can sustain a, a fish population. And then we work with them afterwards with the stocking and management and marketing of those and signage. Um, so all those things to, to hopefully get people out and, and fish without really having to go anywhere. I mean, a lot of these, they can hop on a trail and, and without going too far, they're, they're up to a public fishery. Oh, speaking of uh, the license sales, have you seen any like, uptake since, since we last spoke to you last year? <clears throat> so I haven't seen the 2021 numbers yet. You know, mm. those, uh, expired just a few days ago. You know, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, so I haven't seen what the final numbers of those look like. I'm going to envision they're probably down a little bit from 2020 just because 2020 was so high, right, with the yeah. pandemic. 2021, a lot of things are back. People are back to work, going to work, uh, but you've also got organized sports are back and, uh, you know, baseball, softball, soccer, all those things that take up time. Uh, those are all back. So I envision that, that they're probably down a little bit from 2020, but, but I'm just, I'm not sure. That's just a guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense, though. I mean, I mean, we were 2020, we were pretty much doing nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, technically, the whole US was doing nothing. So, of course, everybody was out fishing, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, there's portions of 2020, you go into a sporting goods store, they're short on rods and reels and tackle and ammunition and guns and, yeah, or taking up hunting and fishing, which is great. And hopefully they continue. Yeah, I, th I think we were kind of lucky too in a way in Iowa because I know in 2020, um, yes, there were shortages of certain fishing items here and there, but it, it wasn't like it was complete bare because I know my brother-in-law's out there in Denver, Colorado. It was bare. There, it, it was beyond. They showed me pictures and they, you know, and they're like, it's it was unbelievable in 2020 and actually a lot of 2021 for them too. They're like, it's still pretty bare here and there. There, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I remember seeing posts on Facebook. People were showing pictures of uh, their store shelves totally empty of fishing stuff. Like, wow, like we. Yeah, like Brandy was saying, I don't think we got hit as bad here in Iowa. 
Yeah. But it was good to it was good to see from you know from my perspective of those urban ponds. You know, if you drive through Ankeny, you're gonna see people fishing. But you know, <laughs> last year when you drive through Ankeny and you're trying to pick a pond, you know, that doesn't have you, that you maybe want to yourself a little bit or something, you maybe had to hit five or six before you you got to one that that had very few people on it. So it was good people were getting out and using those. Very true. Um, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the, I guess you can say from the public in regards to these ponds? I mean, has it been positive, negative in any which way possible in regards to this project you, you, you're you a part of and everything? I mean, um, what kind of response have you gotten from the public? It's It's been positive. I mean, you've got, you know, the cities are the ones doing the work, right? They own it. They're the one mowing it and, and maintaining it. And we're just helping with the guidance on the vegetation and the fishing, and the fish management. Uh, probably the, the biggest complaint is vegetation. And so, you know, those ponds get weedy during the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, <laughs> there's, there isn't any way around it. I mean, they're, they're a natural, you know, they're a, they're a pond. And so you're going to have aquatic vegetation there. And, and being able to control that is, especially in 2021, was really hard to do. It was dry, uh, water was stagnant, water was low. And so that opened up more area for vegetation to grow. And it was so warm for so long that it made it hard to control with like an herbicide, uh, just because you're putting more stress on those fish as that vegetation dies, because it's already so hot and there's no fresh water coming, coming through. And so 2020 was kind of a, a struggle to make sure we kept the vegetation in check, but. The cities do an awesome job of, you know, one, allowing public access to those and work being willing to work with us uh, to promote that and, and get the word out and be able to stock fish. Um, and the cities, I mean, they're hats off to them. They do an awesome job maintaining those places. For sure. There hasn't been, I'm going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. There hasn't been any, I'm trying to think of a decent way to say, say this, but has there been any like stinker ponds that kind of just didn't go the way you guys were expecting? Uh, as far as like the fishing is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like the fishing is concerned. Yeah. Um, yes and no. I mean, there's some that with the way they're built, you know, we like to have them be built with, or we, we hope that they're built and the guidance is that they have a max depth of, you know, 10 to 20 feet, average 10 maybe. And then they've got a little steeper sides instead of having them really be drawn out and gradual. When we have drawn out gradual shorelines, that's usually when we have the weed problems. Mm. So some of the, there's been a couple that have been built really well. And for whatever reason, the, especially the, the bass haven't seemed to reach their potential yet as quick as we thought they would. Um, but for the most part, they've been, we can, we're getting to the point now where we can kind of tell what they're, what they're going to end up being. And they're, they're been pretty consistent with how we've stocked them. And so, you know, we stock with bass, blue and catfish. Um, probably the, what I would say as a fishery that, that hasn't turned out is the, the perch that we've tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> haven't turned out um, for multiple reasons. One is these, we've kind of learned that these perch need a couple of years 
by themselves uh, to be able to get established. And if they get bluegills in there, that's direct competition. Obviously, if we get bass in there, you know, purchase shaped like a hot dog, you know, it's <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we get a predator in there. And so we've had some issues with, with other species getting into some of those ponds too early. Um, some of that, you know, it could be from the public, I don't know, but it's very likely it could be through stormwater transfer. And so uh, we know that those perch move too. Uh, and um, some of the perch in the, the uh, I think it was the plaza ponds that we had there in Ankeny off or labor, um, those were tagged as part of a project there at Iowa State. And after one pretty good rain event, a good storm, a couple of those tag fish ended up down at Sawgrass, which is, um, you know, half mile downstream maybe, but it's the next pond down. And so those fish do move. And so we've been trying to plan out, you know, if we try these perch stockings in the locations that don't have any sort of close connection to another water body so we can hopefully get those fish going without fish moving in on us. No, I was just going to say the, the perch ones are ones that haven't done ex exactly what we Gotcha. Makes sense. And so you're telling us and the listeners, if you're trying to catch bass, use lures that look like perch, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it can't hurt. I know that. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, just because so, we have listeners like from literally all over the nation, all over the world, uh, just kind of give you guys a heads up. I mean, um, I don't know. If other states do this in regards to programs of, you know, urban um, fisheries and stuff. So I, like you're saying, I, I've gotten nothing but amazing feedback. And I, even my brother-in-laws um, from Colorado, they're super jealous because they're like, what the heck? You get to go literally a block down from my house or I get to go, you know, I live in, uh, in Pleasant Hill, so I can go to Altoona, like a two, three minute drive. I can check out all these ponds, different species and fish. And they're just like, they're jealous. So I don't know. So just kind of give everybody a heads up that, you know, you, you're part of a program where there's tons of these ponds all around the city. And like, you're just saying, I guess, an urban environment. I mean, uh, in a way, I mean, but it's, it's pretty cool because like you're saying, you're just a, a few minutes away. You can literally just go and fish. So it's really cool um, what you guys are doing. And now are you guys still stocking these ponds? I guess you can say, or, or are you guys just taking, letting it, I guess you, I don't want to phrase this. I guess, are you guys still stocking these ponds or are you guys just taking numbers first before you restock them? Or how does that work? How does that process work in regards to restocking these, these ponds that you're working on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, it's, and I guess from your earlier point, I, there's a lot of states that do have urban programs. Um, a lot of them, especially the larger states, Texas is a, is a big one. They've got a huge urban program. Of course, you've got Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, and so Austin, and uh, they they do a lot of lot more stockings than we do. I mean, they'll stock you know catchable catfish and trout really throughout the year. You know, maybe once a month in some of their locations. So they do a lot of stockings. Um, we definitely do not have the hatchery <laughs> capacity to do that. And so, as far as our stockings go, if it's a brand new pond. Um, We'll stock it with bass, bluegill, and catfish to start. And then kind of based on how that goes, usually those bluegill, um, I mean, they'll, they're going to spawn multiple times a year. 
throughout the summer. And so they're very self-sustaining. The bass are gonna do the same thing only once, but they're gonna spawn. They don't have any problem spawning in these ponds. It's the catfish that typically uh, struggle to have successful reproduction. And so they're, they require a cavity to, to build their nests in and to spawn. And so if it's just a bare bottom pond, you know, obviously there's nowhere for them to go. Um, even if there is a little bit of habitat there that they could spawn in, a little catfish is, you know, unfortunately for him, he's a pretty slow swimmer. <laughs> and he's pretty easy to pick out for a bass to, to munch down. So they don't, a successful catfish reproduction in some of these urban ponds would be very minimal, if any. And so we'll typically try to restock these catfish populations every three to five years in a lot of these, knowing that um, people likely do keep catfish when they catch them. Um, one, they can identify it and it, they taste good, uh, but usually they're pretty good size, you know. Uh, we've got some, some ponds that'll average, you know, three to four pounds, and that's the average size. And so usually they're pretty good, good size fish. Um, that would be, that's, and then we just kind of run them as a farm pond from there. So we try to manage that population and hope people are keeping fish. Just keep your limits, but hopefully they're keeping fish. Uh, and, and harvesting some of those fish, especially bluegills. And, you know, the, the more harvest that we tend to see, there's less fish in the population for competition and those fish tend to grow a little faster. Um, but uh, as far as the stocking goes, those are the three species that we, we stick to. That's a tried and true method. Um, I mean, since the forties really is, is in kind of the, the basis of pond management has been those three species. It's simple to do, predator prey, and then the catfish is, is kind of a bonus, really. Um, the other stuff like perch or, or well, really uh, hybrid striped bass in some of the pits would be another one that, that uh, will supplement. So like Gray's Lake in Des Moines, Blue Air in West Des Moines, um, those types of fisheries will supplement with hybrid striped bass every few years. And then we've got the trout. Um, that we've got in 18 locations and they just get two times a year, uh, but we're not trying to manage that population. That's <clears throat> what they would call a put and take. And so we're putting those fish in there for you to take them out. Those trout, um, during the summertime, since trout are kind of like a cold water species, do they typically just die off after a certain amount of time? Yeah. So, um, I want to say it's around the 70 degree mark is where, you know, if we've got sustained water temperature around that, that's about to their tipping point. Uh, some of our research has shown that it's like 80% of those fish are caught within the first couple of weeks. Oh, wow. so, you know, that's why we're not stopping. A lot of these locations will receive like a thousand or 1200, you know, they're not receiving 10,000. And it's for that reason, you know, we want to be able to stock enough that, you've got a really good chance to catch fish and catch your limit, but not too many that, that we could potentially be wasting some of those fish. So, but yeah, they get hit, hit pretty hard <laughs> weeks that they're in there and they're easy, fairly easy to catch. Um, so. Yeah. I think I went too late. <clears throat> I think yeah. the, the 80% was caught when I went, I was like, shit, <laughs> I couldn't catch one for the life of me. I think I went like, I think after they stocked over the trout, I think I went maybe like three weeks after. I was like, shoot, I, I think I might have missed the uh that the 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 bite. 
Yeah, those trout, well, they, they're just, they act weird in each location too. They're a little different, uh, but they tend to go kind of counterclockwise in a circle okay. uh, as soon as we stock them. Um, hmm. They just run that shoreline for the first few days, really, in, in a big group or a couple big groups. And then they eventually start breaking into smaller and smaller groups. And, and then they kind of just start acting like they've been there forever and start moving around as a single fish. But those first few days, yeah, if you, if you're not catching any, it's good to move because there's a good chance there's a ball of them somewhere. Huh. Gotcha. Good tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With those trout, um, are we still doing, um, do the ice stockings this season? There will be some in a few locations. Uh, okay. No, what's been decided on the the ones around you know the Des Moines area or Ames would be the next another close one. I'm not sure what's been decided on those as far as the ice stockings go, but um, you know the ones up in in Moreland and Sioux City and and Mason City. I'm I'm assuming that those are going to be be what they've typically been through the ice. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because because before I know. Um, since COVID and stuff happened, you guys used to announce those dates, but are you guys still kind of just sneaking them out there? <laughs> <laughs> well, sneaking is a strong word. <laughs> but, but yeah, they are. Uh, we, we prefer to call it unannounced. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. But, uh, stealthy, stealthy. <laughs> stealthy. But yeah, that's, uh, I think that's still the plan going forward uh, for this spring. I'm not, not 100% sure, but yeah, usually like in the fall, you know, we'd stock them on a Thursday and typically the city would put out information either Thursday afternoon or the next day. And then, um, you know, we'd put stuff out on social media a couple days later. So it, it was usually within a couple of days of those fish being stocked um, that the that the information would be out. So. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Stealthy. I like that one, Kit. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit. I don't know if you. Um, I know it's not your forte in a way, but uh, you kind of touched a little bit about farm pond. So uh, I think we have some listeners, or I'm actually just kind of curious. If I had a pond in my backyard or if somebody has a huge pond, you know, they have a lot of land or what the case, what's the process of me having a, you know, my own personal uh, farm pond and everything of reaching out to the IODNR to help me in regards to stocking it and, and just questioning, hey, how, how does that work? And, and, and I guess you can say, is that something that you know about or anything like that? Yeah, so we get, obviously, especially Southern Iowa, we get a lot of farm pond calls from, from private landowners, whether it's, you know, what what to do about a certain situation or a, what kind of plant is this, you know, that's those are very common. Um, typically, what, what works well is if, you know, if you have a farm pond in Polk County, let's say, you could contact on the DNR's website, we've got each biologist's contact information in a map of what areas they cover. And so you would contact the district biologist, which for this area is out of Boone. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you can ask your questions from there. As far as fish stockings go, um, there's a number of private hatcheries in the state that, that you can purchase fish from. We've got a listing of that on our website, but you know, if you email uh, your district biologist or myself, I can supply you with that list. 
Uh, we've also got, you know, what types of species and, and the number per acre uh, that, that you would typically stock. And so a lot of that information is on our website. And, uh, you know, although we don't supply the fish uh, for, for farm ponds, you know, if there's questions that people have on management or something like that, you know, we're happy to help try to answer those as best we can uh, to, to make sure that, that you're on the right path anyway. Have you been out fishing yet this season? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. <laughs> no, I haven't been. Uh, I've had a, a couple opportunities that I thought were going to pan out, and just I just have not made it out yet. I'm hoping I'll, I'd kind of plan on going out Saturday. I guess I'll see how much snow I've got to move uh, oh. to get up. Uh, but hopefully, um, I can get out this weekend if if everything if we don't have as big a snowstorm as they say they, that we're going to have. Yeah. Hopefully we only get seven inches instead of what, 11 that they were saying up yeah. to. Jeez. Yeah. The last thing I really want to see is 11 inches of snow right now, but. Right. Especially on top of uh, our ice here in central Iowa, we only got, I'd say like six, seven inches in most mm -hmm. places. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been hearing is about around that six inch mark. Yeah, I just got off um, Raccoon River Park and I know we were just talking about it, but yeah, it's getting pretty soft on top. And I'd say there's, yeah, about six inches or so. Yeah, I noticed on a couple of ponds that I drive by on my way home, there's some water standing on top. Mm, yeah. As the, the little snow that was out there melted a little bit. So. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the snow. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mac should be good to go. Good to go. I think I hope so. <laughs> All right. So this is a um, a question that I I think me and Kate we had on our uh, uh, previous podcast, and I just want to know, Tyler, does fish sleep? <laughs> That's okay. Because I don't know. May, maybe Kit and I had maybe too many beers. I don't know. We were just talking. Maybe it was me. I don't know. It was probably the case, but. I've always wondered, I and mean, we were talking, we're like, I don't know, do, do fish sleep? I have not seen, like, what kind of bed they use or anything like that, <laughs> but, um, you know, they do, they can can slow down to the point that they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not necessarily asleep, but, I mean, they're uh, having trouble finding a word, but. Yes and no, but not in the sense that, that, that a human does, you know, or a dog does. Uh, they, but they do slow down and, and conserve energy and rest and, and sorry about that. And all those things, it's just not, they're not laying on their sides, you know, floating around doing anything. Uh, but if, if it is sleeping, you probably wouldn't be able to tell. Right. They don't have eyelids, so they can't close their eyes either. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay so that's you know i was just wondering so so they probably just stay at a spot and rest or something like that right i guess mm -hmm. okay that's what we figured all right you answered my question on that because i've always wondered i was like we were just talking we're like damn like kid was saying they don't have eyelids <laughs> like what the hell do they sleep <laughs> yeah. yeah i think the reason why we uh we were talking about it um i know people tip or some people do pretty good at night when it comes to fishing but for me, man, once that sun goes down, it seems like the fish just disappear. Like, where the heck do they go? Wait. 
Did they go sleep? Yeah, it's over. <laughs> yeah. So it's bedtime, man. Hey. <laughs> Sometimes they like during the spring, I do really well at night, like June. Um, but yeah, when I'm ice fishing, of course I'm not out ice fishing a whole lot at night anyway, I guess, but I a hundred percent agree with you. When I've been out, it seems like four thirty, five o'clock, the sun's down, and you know, my Bexlar might as well just be shut off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly the thing. So, okay. I mean, that, that makes sense. Does, uh, I guess my only, uh, my other thing is how does, um, a lot of people, I guess, look into this a lot about moon phases and, you know, high pressure, air pressure, all that stuff. I mean, how much do you think, or how much do you know, does that affect the, the fish bite and whatnot? Oh, that's a good question. I don't really have a good scientific answer for you, but I, I do know, that I've done well personally in the summer. I chase bluegills around a lot during the summer months, especially. And it seems like right around that full moon phase is when I can typically start seeing some of those bigger, you know, those bold bluegills moving shallow. And there's probably no scientific reasoning for it, but, um, you know, that's just something that I've noticed. As far as high pressure, low pressure, I don't know. I think every situation is probably different and it probably affects species differently. That's not something I've really ever looked into. Yeah. Uh, I usually just know if I go and catch a bunch of fish, I think I'm awesome. And if I don't, <laughs> you know, and the fish, <laughs> something happened to them. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, think, I know I'm doing it right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That high pressure thing always gets me because on those, bluebird sky days and i'm like really struggling i'm trying to think huh if the skies are high that means there's a lot of pressure on the fish and i'm thinking they should be deeper for some reason even though i would think it'd be heavier on their um their swim bladders right so i mean when you think about it that way shouldn't they be shallow i don't know man (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense I guess because that I was kind of think, thinking along the same lines as you were is those high sky bluebird days, especially in the middle of the summer. Uh, I frog fish a lot. And I, those are some of my best days. Those nice still bluebird sky days. I tend to catch a lot of fish on the frogs those days. Hmm. That's something. I don't know if you guys, do you guys frog fish at all? Nope. Kit, Kit, no. Kit, Kit's not a big uh, bass guy. Well, not oh. not a largemouth bass guy. He he's a big hybrid striped he's bass, a hybrid guy, yeah, and, and white bass guy. But yeah, the the other the green carp that's not his thing. <laughs> oh. But maybe uh, maybe we can get him into it this year. Maybe you know what? That, yeah, we we got to get him because with that tippet, maybe you can. Get, I think I think you would be excited to see catching something off of a frog kit. Oh yeah, top water is awesome. See? Yeah. yeah. So I could trade, you know, a frog fishing trip to you, kid. If you, I think, I think you've got to show me how to catch a catfish through the ice because I'm still, Ooh. still Ooh. a zero for that. I uh, actually lost one at the hole today, right before I left. I got to relearn though. Um, I what was it? Two years ago, I thought I had it figured. I went out there, caught like big twenty-five plus inches, uh, for for a few trips over the winter. And I was, you know, I was riding pretty high coming off that season. And then last season, I didn't catch anything through the ice. So <laughs> it was kind of a wash. I'm still 
zero. I haven't caught zero catfish through the ice. That that's my goal this year. I I, I told Kidder it out like that's my goal this year. I I got it uh, this weekend. I mean, pending the storm and everything, I I have an opportunity to hopefully catch some catfish through the ice. I I don't know what it's gonna take, but yeah, I I see all these pictures on social media though. Everybody makes it look so damn easy. I ain't gonna. Lie. I'm like, what the heck am I doing wrong? I know it. Everybody's catching catfish through the ice. So, <laughs> okay. I I, here's what we need to do. We need to pull up that um the map with all the urban, or I mean, excuse me, community lakes on there, because they show what are stocked in those ponds and whether or not you can ice fish them. I think it's time we. I need to look at those maps and just I'm like, all right, just suck up my ego. Okay, I'm gonna go fish in these people's backyards. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not their backyard but i know what you mean it, it feels that way sometimes because the where where the pond's located I'm like shit i kind of feel like i'm i'm intruding a little bit but i get it yeah some of those ponds are i mean they're 100 percent outside of the trail you're surrounded by houses yeah <laughs> you're what you're saying those could be those could be the tickets because uh, I, I i know the um I know the short rod show boys, they like to hit those ponds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you guys listen to us, man, you guys got to hit us up. We got to go fish with those guys. They just, I saw them just post the other day, Kit. They were, they just slayed it on those catfish, man. Yeah, yeah they were holding a big catfish. That one yeah, picture. I know. Yeah, Ben, ben hit his PB. Man. So that, was not, that was a nice fish. But I, 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 I do um, admit what Kit was saying is true. Uh, those maps, that you guys have on the website um it's kind of cool because it shows what what species are in the pond obviously and then on top of that it lets you know if you can ice fish it or not i, I really you know uh that's kind of a good thing because i don't want to go there if i'm not supposed to be on there you know ice wise because I, I looked at it i was like oh shoot it says no or or yes because it, it literally says there can you ice fish it or not so that's really cool that you guys did that yeah that's something i'm continually working on um and some cities are still trying to figure, especially some of the cities that haven't had, you know, any ponds before, you know, they don't really have anything on the, the city ordinances regarding ice fishing or ice skating or any sort of recreation like that. So um, that's something I'm trying to keep updated. And, and I've got a lot of them in the Des Moines Metro are pretty well done. Uh, and I've kind of moved over to the 380 area with Iowa City and North Liberty and Coralville. And so trying to figure out over there where you can and can't. And uh, then I've got some of the other ones spread out done. So that's still a work in progress, uh, but but hopefully that'll be something we can get completed on there. And then the, my next step after that will be kayaks and canoes. Ooh. So some of these places, especially these one acre ponds, you know, you wouldn't expect to have somebody in a kayak out there, but some of them already have things on the books that say you can't do that. And some say you can. And, and uh, so just trying to make sure we're, we're answering people's questions before they can go out. So it's a, it's good information for them. That's good. I, cr I cracked another one. I'm doing these such a much now, Kit. He's so thirsty. <laughs> hey, man, when you got four daughters, eight and under, and they have moments, you get thirsty, <laughs> man. This, this is my, uh, uh, I told you, man, this is like my prime time to just be me. When I got four girls on top of that. So there you go. Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mm. All right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>
any movement in regards to ice fishing in Pleasant Hill or Altoona by chance, Tyler? I don't know if you heard. I, I know we talked about this on the last podcast. Kids like, hey, you're going to ask him that again? I go, well, shit. I live there. <laughs> yeah, I am. There's, I mean, we've had conversations. Uh, I'm not sure where, where where things are at at the moment on those, but um, it's something that, that we are trying to work on just to make sure we've got a, a clear answer, whether it is no or yes, but making sure that we've got got a clear answer on it. But, you know, we're always willing to talk about, you know, fishing and, and ice rec- ice fishing recreation to the cities and, and, uh, and going through that, that whole process with, with ordinances and that. So, uh, I don't don't really have an update on it, I guess, but but it is something that we've we've talked about. Yeah. Okay. So is so what can us as citizens do do in that regard? Can we try to just rally a bunch of people together and like, hey, city of Pleasant Hill, we want this and make it happen, please. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wouldn't say you know gather a whole group, but. <laughs> And, and take over, you know, city hall somewhere. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but you know, if if, uh, if that is something that you know you want to see in the community that you live in, you know, I, you know, let them know. Um, you know, it just goes with anything else. You know, if you want a stop sign on a certain corner or or uh, you know a bike trail somewhere, you know, it's the same same type of thing. And so, you know, and they may not know unless somebody you know brings it up to them either. So that very you know, true. That's an interest of, of residents. All right, I'll do it. Get, we go, Gords. Get it together, man. <laughs> I gotta get it together because I'm not gonna lie. I, I I drive by Copper Creek. I'm telling you, I'd love to jump on Copper Creek one of these days. Dang it! I'm like, I know there's, I know it's got some monsters in there, man. That's why I'm like, I would love to get in there. But the good thing is, you know, you live in the Des Moines area, so even though you can't ice fish Copper Creek. You know, not very far from places like Yellow Banks or Fort Des Moines, you know, or some of those other places that you can ice fish. Very true. Uh, so that that is is a good thing to have anyway. Nope. Very true. Very true. I was actually at Yellow Banks yesterday. I don't know. We're supposed to we're not supposed to say bodies of water, but that's okay. We can say that for this episode. But I was there yesterday. My kids um killed it. They killed it on the bluegills, man. Um they right. were they got to the it, it got to this point, Tyler. My my daughter did not want to go to school today. She was like, I want to go ice fishing, Dad. She, I go, yeah, school. She goes, no, nah, Dad, can you just say I'm sick? Can we go ice fishing? I'm like, this, this is my seven-year-old daughter. I'm like, I almost, I was, I was contemplating that until the, until the wife looked at me like, dude, are you an idiot? <laughs> no, she's going to school. You, she, you're not going to call in sick for your seven-year-old daughter to go ice fishing. I go, all right, all right. But no, she was literally so stoked after yesterday i took her out and she she didn't even want to leave until she ca- caught that one last fish because i was ta- talking to kid before we jumped on she literally for maybe 20 to 30 minutes we i was packing up ready to leave we're like come on honey you know she's fishing she goes nope i want this last one i i i, I, I she wants to catch the last fish so and she did and then we finally was able to leave but um just to see her that you know what that it, it excited me as a father to see her that adamant that I want to catch that last fish. Now every now she kind of gets it. Like Kate was saying, like now she kind of gets it. Like we're like last cast, last cast, but it's, right. it's like it's like twenty cast most of the time. But you know, you know how that goes. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and ice fishing is a good good sport to take kids out on. You know, those bluegills and crappies, a lot of times you're going to be schooled up and uh, gives you an opportunity to, to have some good action, you know, and some constant action potentially. And it's just kind of cool. You're out there, you know, especially if you've got a, you know, some sort of sled or hut or something, you know, it's yep. just kind of neat being out there. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a great sport to introduce people to fishing because it's, you know, you can, you can do it fairly cheap, but also like you were saying, you know, as a parent, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. I, I mean, I, my kids love it. Cause like you said, if you have the tent, it's kind of like, it's almost like, you know, they have that fort. So they're inside of a, a, whether it's a flip over or a pop-up hub. So to them, it's like, it's like a fort. We're inside, we're just talking and man, they say the darndest things. I swear. I, I recorded everything yesterday. Cause you know, I, I had the YouTube channel and I just recorded everything. I'm just like, there's certain things here. I'm just like, man, they have no, it, it's, it's innocence of no filter. That's so awesome. And I'm right. just like, they're the only one who could say certain things and get away with it <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. So, I mean, they're, they're excited. They want to go again, but uh, they want to go with kit now. Cause they're like, daddy, you don't get it. You don't get us on big fish. So <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I was thinking to myself, like, thanks, hon. But they go, yeah, we want to go with Uncle Kit because you don't get us on big fish, Dad. I'm like, oh, man. Thanks, man. The bar has been set so high. <laughs> I don't know if I can live up to those expectations. <laughs> Too funny, man. Um, oh, one other thing. I don't know. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Tyler, a little bit. But th there was a new I – know, I know this has nothing to do with you because it's up in Clear Lake. But they, they, they set some new – uh, what is it? Uh, what do you call it? Slot limits for the walleyes and stuff up there. Uh, just wondering, I, I don't know if you heard it by ear or if you know a little bit more, if you can give us behind the scenes on that. Uh, number one, you know, why did they start those slot limits? And, and, and number two, what, I guess, what's the goal behind that? Do you know by chance at all? So I'm not, yeah, you're right. I'm not involved in any, I mean, the slot limits are, a lot of times in, in fisheries, you'll see uh, lakes move maybe even back and forth a little bit, but especially they'll move from minimum lengths to slot limits, uh, kind of in that, in that order, because a lot of times fish will stack up at that minimum length limit. You know, if you've got it at 15 inches, uh, or just as an example, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if that fish is 15 inches and an eighth, it's gone, you know, it's harvested. Yeah. And so a lot of times you see fish, that you'll see lakes that have had minimum length limits on them for a long time are full of 14 and three quarter inch fish. And so having those slot limits helps kind of alleviate that pressure on the system. It gets a few fish to harvest, gets a few, it encourages the angler to harvest more of those fish that are, you know, in that 14 to three quarter inch group and then protects that group that's going to grow a little faster. Now that there's less competition in the fishery, it's going to protect for a little bit so the idea is that it will give you more larger fish in the system as far as specifically with with the the glacial lakes and up in north northwest iowa you know I, i'm not familiar with the the management and that up there so i can't speak specifically on those but just in general that's kind of how a, a slot limit would work educated me i had no idea makes sense yeah and they're and they're trying to um uh dang what's the dang word they're trying to 
protect that certain size so they can uh, basically spawn those fish out. Isn't that right? Yeah. So those are the Iowa Great Lakes. Those are, are, you know, those are some of the main lakes that we'll use for brood stock to stock the rest of the state uh, with, with walleyes. And so those are very important walleye fisheries to us. And so having those fish protected is, is important as, as the hatchery process goes forward. I'm, I'm probably going down a rabbit hole here, but uh, I know there's other lakes throughout the state that they they kind of harvest um, fish to to do the spawning program with. I'm wondering how come these other lakes, let's say in our area, uh, Bay Creek, I know they net and take fish from there for spawning. I'm wondering, like, how come they don't do that for those fish up there? So we don't take any fish from Big Creek for spawning. No? Uh-uh. So the we have at, at Big Creek and in Brushy is the barrier project. And so oh. during the same time, but we're simply tagging fish and putting them back. And so we're not seeing any eggs. So yeah, we've got, we'll take fish from the, the Great Lakes, uh, Clear Lake some years, um, Storm Lake, and Rathbun, I believe those the main ones and some of that has to do with the facilities right so we don't have any sort of hatchery type facility anywhere close to big creek mm. and so that's that's one reason for that but we've got that study going on there as well but you know we've got the hatcheries at spirit lake and the hatchery at rathbun and so and then they've got a kind of a satellite hatchery there at, at storm lake that they utilize to get those eggs harvested um, but yeah big creek is we're out there at the same time i mean that's the that's the same time everybody else is out collecting those fish for the hatcheries, but we're simply conducting that tagging study. Okay, that's where I got things mixed up. Because I was thinking about, it, I was like, huh, there isn't really a hatchery around here. Like the when I think about it, but now it makes more sense. So I stand corrected. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, that's pretty dang cool though. Um, I want to get out there and kind of watch this whole. Harv or netting and tagging thing is that something you guys are gonna uh, are gonna be opening up to uh to volunteers because i know you've done it in the past but kind of gotten away from it last couple of years yeah i i don't know what the what the plan will be for that uh you know we kind of had like you said we got away from doing more volunteers just because of the of covid mm. not i guess the way covid's going right now it's not not looking great but right uh, but yeah, the, the netting and, and we'll net and do electrofishing at, at Big Creek. It's at night. We do multiple days of that in a row. And uh, those fish are, are weighed, measured, and tagged and checked for tags and, and then put back. So it's, a, it's a cool process. There's lots of good fish out there. And um, it's, yeah, it's a, Big Creek's just a cool lake. I wish I knew how to fish it better. <laughs> Kid, you, kid, kid knows, kind of. Uh, I did. My first day out on the ice was decent out there. And then I went back twice and got skunked. So it's kind of hit or miss for me. But mm -hmm. um, you, you, do you have any surprises when you're doing those netting surveys? Hmm. I don't know if I'd say surprises. The, I can't think of really any surprises we've had here, I guess. Um, I mean, we've I, seen some nice, like largemouth bass. Um, we've seen some big catfish. Um, 
but as far as something that's not supposed to be there, I guess, no, <laughs> it's not like, you know, and we're going along with the electric fishing boat and in, in an urban pond or a community pond and, uh, you know, pop up a 15 inch goldfish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be something unusual. <laughs> you ever see any freshwater drum in these uh, nets or when you electro, uh, electro shock the fish? Yeah, we'll see freshwater drum from time to time for sure. Yep. Yeah, I want to know, like, what's the biggest drum that you've seen doing this? <laughs> I know, I know that's very specific, oh. but I know they get really big. I've seen some big ones. Um, as far as weight goes, I have no idea what they would have weighed. But yeah, there's some big freshwater drum out there. To be caught, that's for sure, there's some big carp suckers, uh, common carp. You know, there's there's some fish out there that. That would be fun to catch, that's for sure, that aren't your typical sport fish. It's a reason why they got that big, though, because they don't get caught. Right, they're smart. Yeah. Let's change it up a little bit, Tyler. We, we, we've been drilling you with a bunch of questions and everything, but um, what's your uh, – what's your goal for ice season? Cause we got, we got maybe a couple, maybe a month and a half or two left. What are you trying to target? What are you personally, what are you going to be ice fishing for this year? So the, I've like you, I've got daughters. I've only got two. So you've doubled up on me, uh, but we like to head out to, uh, you know, to one of the places that we stock trout and uh, the girls really like catching trout. You okay. know, Got trout through the ice, they just go berserk. You know, when you bring them through the hole, they're flipping them. You can't hardly grab them, and they just have the ball. So we'll we'll probably try to catch some trout. Um, you know, I would really like to figure out how to catch a catfish. I don't want to catch a bunch of catfish. I just want to say I caught a catfish. It'd be nice to know how to learn how to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would be you know an ice fishing goal for me, I guess, is to to catch something new I haven't caught before. All right, Kit. But ooh, Tyler's been on here twice. Let's make this shit happen for Tyler, dude. Let's let's. We'll, we'll, I'll, I got your number, Tyler. We'll we'll set something up. Um, we'll we'll get you on some catfish, or at least we're gonna focus on catfish for a day. We got to do this. We got to figure it out first, and then we can put him on the fish. <laughs> <laughs> agreed. Okay, agreed, kid. All right, that that'll be our goal. We'll, well, that's your goal, man. I, I'm just a talker. He's the fisherman. I, I just tag along with him. We will figure it out how to catch these catfish on these ponds. And then uh, we'll hit you up. And then we're like, all right, let's go, Tyler. I like it. I like it. How about you guys? Are you, you got a specific goal you're looking at? Everybody knows my goal by now. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm the same boat. I have not caught a catfish through the ice. That's my biggest goal. Um, I guess, I guess you can say my secondary goal is to catch wiper. Cause I didn't catch a wiper through the ice last year. And after this guy spoiled me, getting me on wipers, I'm like, shit, I, I'm, I, I gotta get that wiper through the ice and haven't had that. So I would say those are my two big goals. And then I guess my third goal would be to catch a new species. I have it through the ice. Um, I actually did that, I guess when I went to Colorado, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was up there with my brother-in-laws and I caught a sucker sucker fish through the ice so that was that was a brand new species never caught it but i caught it through the ice so i guess i guess i got i i checked that one off the board in regards to my goals so there you go i'm i'm on i'm saying boat we gotta get this guy he's got to go get us a get some catfish what do you what's your goal kit for ice fishing right now uh catch some catfish through the ice for one 
<laughs> so I can get you guys onto those catfish. And I just want to just keep getting out there. And I want to camp on the ice this season. I did it once last season, but I want to do it at least two times this season. And if I can just keep catching fish, uh, I know I can catch bluegills. I think I spent all of last winter catching bluegills. So I'm kind of over bluegills. If I just get out there, catch other species like white bass, catfish, more walleyes. I didn't catch very many walleyes last season. And I guess more crappies too. Because last season, man, it was bluegills all freaking season. I'm kind of over bluegills. <laughs> yeah, walleyes would be nice. I'm not going to lie. You know what? Anything. Yeah. I think you're right. I think last year, I don't know why it felt like the the ice season was a little rough. I don't know it, it, whether it was because the weather or whatever the case may be. It was just a rough bite. I don't know if anybody felt that way. Um, this season for me slowly has started decently. Um, I've gotten I've caught some pretty decent fish. Um, but I still haven't hit, like I said, I, I, I gotta catch that cat. I think, man, we gotta do this, kit. We we gotta get Tyler on a catfish because he's never caught one through the ice. I haven't caught one through the ice. So we gotta make it happen because I think it will be a video worthy <laughs> day. Okay. How about this? What um, real quick, Tyler, can you go over the website where we can find these pods? Yeah, to that, the local page. Yep, the the is it just the fishlocal.com? Is that the is the, that the right web, website? IwaDNR.gov slash fishlocal. Ah, there we go. There we go. There we go. And you guys should go check it out. Like if, if anybody here is local and I were listening, go check it out. It's really cool. Um, I actually use it quite a bit because like like Tyler was saying, it, it's a really good opportunity to take your your son, your daughter, um, niece, nephew out. Um, a lot of these ponds are really accessible and you're right, Tyler, because they, the cities do a great job of maintaining it because you can walk there. It is really accessible, really easy. You can take your kids to fish on these, uh, on these ponds. So it's really cool. So I, I highly recommend anybody who, and this is the thing, take your kids out. Do not go by yourself. If you guys got kids, niece, nephew, take them out because you'll have a fishing partner for life. That's what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build all my little all four of them i'm trying the third one is she's struggling she's like ah, fishing is boring because <laughs> her her attention span is like dude i'm done in, in two minutes <laughs> but you know and then again she's only four so i get it but the two biggest the two oldest they're they're there they're they love it they they love they love when their rod just bends and just fighting the fish so i'm telling anybody who's listening take your kids take your niece nephew out um when you have, when you see the joy in their face when they catch a fish, it's just like, to me, a, there's no words that can describe it. So you should do it. Plus, like I said, you can always tell the boss lady or whoever that I got to go fishing with the kids. So there you go. That's my excuse. <laughs> well, and those, you know, those city ponds are good. Like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to travel far. And so if you've got kids, you know, you're not spending a bunch of time in the car it's quick and easy to get to. The nice thing too about being in town is, um, you know, you need a snack or need a bite to eat. You're probably not too far from, from a Casey's for sure. And <laughs> probably not too far from, from any of those places to get food. Uh, and it just kind of keeps growing as these cities continue to grow. I mean, we've, 
when we kind of started looking into this back in 2016, we had identified around 65 or so public fisheries here in the Des Moines area. And now we're up to over 120. Wow. And so, you know, as these communities continue to grow and these new neighborhoods sprout up, um, you know, a lot of times stormwater management, which is the the sole purpose, the main purpose why these ponds are being built is to provide stormwater management mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, these ponds pop up and, and if the city owns them, um, we're going to be there to help provide that fishing opportunity. It's awesome. I love it. We've been averaging uh, from a statewide perspective, we've been averaging around 15 new ponds each year. And so those are either newly built so brand new in the development somewhere, um, newly acquired. And so if there's a, maybe an HOA that, that isn't, can't maintain the pond anymore or doesn't want to and the city takes it over or the city purchases a piece of property that has a pond on it or, um, or something that's renovated. And so that, you know, it's an old pond that's been drained and, and dredged out and started over with a new fish population. And so, Looking ahead at 2022, I think we've got 16 new ones. Wow. If I remember, the majority of those are in the metro, Des Moines metro, but but there's some other ones spread out um, across the state. So. You know, I haven't really hit the Des Moines metro ponds. I might have to start really focusing on that. Why not? Yeah, anywhere from Waukee to hmm. to Bonder, you've got places to go. See, that's the thing. A lot of people don't know that. Maybe we should mute that out, Kim. Just now, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, can just... we can share all these places. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a website. Literally, you go to the website. There's a picture of a fish. You just click on that little fish icon. It'll tell you everything you need to know about that pond. Very true. The thing we've done differently with the fish local map is it's a Google map. And so that's not something we've done before. Usually, they're like an ArcGIS like the fishing atlas is a GIS type of map. It works really well on your mobile device. I to try stuff in Google and uh, I think it works. People seem to like it. You can set it as an actual default on your phone. And so if you just click on Google maps, those ponds will automatically pop up without having to go to the website. Yeah. No, I like it. No, I, I like the, what you guys are doing. Cause I can, actually I was just using my phone the other day and just like you saying, I can just zoom in, zoom out. Um, it's pretty cool kit. I was just like looking at all these ponds and then you click on it and it, it tells you the species. It tells you the size of the pond. It tells you, um, like you say, you can ice fish it or not. It's really cool. I, I, I love it. I just, that's what I've been using. Um, especially when, like you said, you know, take the kids or family or, or actually if we're just go shopping here and there, if there's a pond right nearby, if they're shopping, I mean, you got a rod in the back, uh, the van or the truck or the car i'm just saying you know go ahead have fun <laughs> and you go right there and you just throw a cast or two that's what i'm doing man I, I i keep my rods in the car all the time now just just in case that stuff happens and then boom <laughs> yeah you have to my wife bought me uh i don't know it's like a three or four piece rod so it comes it's got a little case it's only about that long four piece how long is that rod so it's only it's a six foot rod or six and a half i think but it's just it's a travel rod um and it's something i can throw underneath the back seat there yeah you it's go. not just space so it's easy to put put on there and throw the reel on it and i can fish for a little bit if 
like you said, if somebody's going shopping or softball tournament or something like that, uh, we can, can take the rod with us and it's not taking up a bunch of room. Exactly. You find- nobody's stepping, nobody's stepping on it or <laughs> shutting it in a car or anything like that. Yep. Very true. <laughs> Do you fly fish at all, Tyler? I, um, I've attempted to, I wouldn't fly <laughs> fisherman by any means, but I do own one. Uh, it's something I've, I've tried out, not super successful at it. I've got some bluegills. Um, those, you know, those ponds are really nice because there's a whole lot of trees around them. So it's wide open. I'm not worried about snagging anything. Um, it is something I'd like to get a little more into, uh, to be honest with you, but We'll see what, see what happens, but it's kind of fun to do something different. Uh, there's a lot of people that do fly fish, you know, when I'm driving through town or, or stopping at a few ponds, it's, it's pretty common nowadays, I guess, to see somebody fly fishing somewhere at one of those. So it's, it's something that's definitely catching on. Yeah. I picked up a rod. I haven't really caught any, well, I caught zero. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm probably in your same boat, but you actually you're further ahead. Cause you caught bluegills. I haven't caught shit. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to fly fish uh, next year. I'm going to try it quite a bit. Actually. I'm going to try and like you said, try something new. So. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to be able to be, you know, to actually go to Northeast Iowa, fly fish a trout stream. And I just think there's something about that that just seems really cool to me. And so I'm hoping that that's something I can get to. I've got one of my good friends lives out in the Denver area. He's got huge into fly fishing. He's always sending me pictures of these nice trout. He's catching them with his fly rod. I don't know. I just think it'd be kind of neat to, to know how to do at least. Yeah. You just check it off your list, like a cut of fish on a fly rod. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Gotta do that, man. Um, man, it's been fun, dude. I, 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 not only have I learned a lot of new stuff, um, glad to have you back on Tyler. I think if it's okay with you, you know, if your schedule allows it, we'd love to have you back on at least once a year, if that's okay with you. Cause just to kind of know what's kind of going on with you. Um, and also with Iowa, Iowa DNR and everything. Um, you got anything else for Tyler kit? Um, well, I wanted to ask you, you know, what, what's new for this year, but you kind of touched on that already. Okay, so we're kind of in ice fishing mode right now. You got any plans as far as, uh, I know we kind of just talked about the fly rods, but let's say open water goals as far as fishing goes, other other than what we've already touched on. Hmm. Open water goals, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm, uh, you know, obviously heavily involved with is these urban ponds. And so my goal has always been, especially living here in the Des Moines area, is I've only got a handful left, but I want to be able to I'd say I've fished all of them so far. And so that's kind of something I've been focusing on every year is when we've got new ones or if I'm, I live on the east side, but if I'm on the west side, I've got a fishing rod with me and, and I try to pond hop a little bit while I'm over there. And so I've only got a handful left uh, to be to the ones that I know have a sustained fish population. And I'm not ones that I've just stocked a few weeks ago with, with all fish, but uh, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of been my, my continued goal. And if we do travel somewhere, you know, to Iowa city or, or Fort Dodge or, you know, Cedar falls or something like that, I try to try to at least stop and, and uh, cast a line for a little bit, but 
Yeah, my goal here in the Des Moines area is to be able to at least say I've fished all of them. I've only got, I want to say I've got four left that I haven't done yet, so. Okay, four left out of how many are we talking here? So that would probably be out of uh, like around 109, I want to say, because I think we did a little 12 or so last year, and we're up over 120 now, so. Wow. Wow. I haven't caught fish at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, that was my next question. I was going to like, how many? But I have <laughs> fished all of them. Uh, and, uh, but we've sampled, as far as our, our sampling is concerned, we've sampled all of them. Uh, and uh, so that gives me a little bit of a, a insight into what I know is there, which some of those are pretty exciting. Yeah. But I'm definitely not catching the fish that we're seeing <laughs> when we're out sampling sometimes. Oh, hey, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if we covered this before, but how do you sample these small ponds? I know you're not yeah. out there in a boat shocking these fish, are you? <laughs> you are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we electrofish those. Um, and uh, we've, we've had a few places that we've, we're kind of starting to get into uh, trying to figure out more and more about these. You know, the electrofishing is not a, cure-all as far as fish sampling goes. I mean, it gives you a snapshot of, of what you drove over, you know, in your boat. And so it's not a, it gives you a snapshot of what the fish population average is, but as far as the bigger fish in the population and, and how many of the, just, you know, much smaller fish are in the population, it just kind of gives you that, that average. And maybe you can pick up a big bass or something like that from time to time, but we typically don't see catfish at all when we're electrofishing. Uh, and so we've started to, to do some netting and uh, learn a little bit more about our catfish populations that we have. Okay. Uh, but yeah, electrofishing, it's some, some ponds are a lot easier to get into than others uh, back in the trailer down, but there's some, some tight spots out there. Right, I bet, I bet there's some tight little trails that you got to go down, huh? Yeah, it's all driving down trails for the most part. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, let seriously though. If you guys ever open that back up, I would love to see it. Like Kit said, like I love to be a, whether to be a you know a helping hand or whatever, or just kind of see it, just kind of see how it's kind of done, how you guys are doing all that. It'd be really interesting because um, I know, like you said, uh, I think a couple of years ago, you guys used to have volunteers come and help you guys out, so that was kind of cool. But um, like you're saying though, with the way COVID's going right now, we'll see if that's ever going to open mm. back up yeah it's definitely moving the wrong direction yeah other than that man what you got kit anything else uh i think that's uh i think that's a good cutting off point here got any last statements for uh, our audience Ty uh, tyler well i appreciate being on again and and uh yeah i definitely want to continue to come on and keep this relationship going especially if you're going to help Put me on some catfish kit. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. So, so just uh, but, uh <laughs> no, if you're if you're going out, you know, if you're we're in the middle of January, early part of January, you know, no ice is is safe ice. Always check as you're heading out. You know, be safe about it. Pay attention to the weather and what the ice conditions look like. Your ice, your fishing license expired three days ago, and so make sure you're out picking that up. Uh, if you're trout fishing, get the trout fee. And if you have any questions at all, we're here to help. And, uh, 
you know, go to that fish local page to find somewhere to fish. My contact information's on there. I'd be happy to answer your question. And if I can't, I'll point you to the right person that can. And so we're here to help you be successful and, and have a good, safe, successful fishing trip out there. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Sure. No, thank you so much, Tyler. And no, no, we'll, we'll put all the uh, the links and everything in the show notes. We'll put um, everything, how you can get a hold of Tyler if you need to. And then, like I said, anyone who who's coming into the, the metro of central Iowa, if you guys are curious, you guys want to take a look at it, I'll have the links and everything that we'll, we'll put in the show notes. Um, no, thank you so much, Tyler, because your, your knowledge is well above ours, and it just really enlightens us. Um, and, and I just love, I really do, I really love having you, Jeff, um, and, you know, all that, anyone from the Iowa DNR on, because you guys just really teach us and, and inform us on new things. That's number one going on in Iowa. Number two, it's just, just about fish just about fish and water maintenance and all that good stuff. So um, it's really kind of cool to have you guys, back, you know, on and, and really teach me and teach our listeners. Hopefully maybe they're smarter than me. Maybe they're just like, whatever they know the shit. Already, <laughs> yeah. <but. laughs> Other than that, man, uh, thank you so much, Tyler. We'll, we'll see you next time. And then we will, I prom. this is it, man. I, I, I make a promise. We are going to make it happen. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, but we got to get you on. I could can't just give me that look like, dude, don't promise shit, man. But <laughs> we are going to do it the best we can to get you on a catfish through the ice, Tyler, this year. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds good. Other than that, thank you so much. All right, Tyler. Thanks for coming on. You bet.